Welcome everybody to the Inclusion Solution Live podcast. Uh, we are in our summer series, Physiology of Inclusion, Finding Ease. And for now, this is our, our last uh, episode of this series. Um, however, Finding Ease is not over. We will have more opportunities to engage, but we wanted to uh, just talk through some challenges that we're facing and then tools and resources that we can share with you all to get really tangible in how this uh, applies to our work and how we show up. And so, so with that, Kevin, um, I wanna ask you, what are some challenges right now for you that you're facing that, that listeners could learn from and, and what are you doing to uh, to find ease in your own life and in this work? Well, you know what, since we last talked, I've had a, <laughs> a pretty, pretty, heavy, um, pretty, pretty heavy month. So what I'm um, wrestling with right now is, I mean, I think I probably have mentioned it at an earlier episode that I had experienced a, a heart attack at one point in time and um, I was experiencing some symptoms. And so I went in to have a, for them to do a check and in the process of doing that, I, I literally um, defibbed. Um, so that's if people know that kind of your heart stops, and um, and so at that moment, I I remember I was awake, and then I was not awake. Um, then it was like dark, black, and then I was searching, and then I saw something kind of a little glowing a little bit, and then I was awake, and then in pain because they shock you to wake you wake you back up, and so. For me, I've tried to um, use that as an opportunity to journal around what I value in life. And so I'm just trying to be, find a quiet place to, um, to, just, to just journal and to journal what I value. And I've been, I've been, I've been kind of capturing that. So one takeaway for folks is, you know, if you're um, that journaling um, and something simple, you know, like that, and, and don't restrict what you're what you're thinking about. Don't restrict what you write. Um, just do that. And one of my takeaways was, you know, I'm doing what I want to do in life. And so, you know, if that was it, um, I wasn't. It wasn't like I'd go back and go. I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z in life. So that that was that's that's the latest. Now there's some other tools I'd like to share with folks, but but to directly answer your question. That's the, that's the latest I'm dealing with and uh, a way I'm trying to work through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, we've been kind of with you on the journey, hearing about what was happening, um, you know, within our team and just really appreciating your transparency, just sharing what's going on and how it's impacting you. I'm curious to know when you were journaling, what emerged around some of the themes of the components um, around what you're what's vibing in your life right now and what you are grateful for that in the sense that you're aligned um, in, in each of those buckets, like, or some that you want to share? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, obviously, uh, I value the work that I do. Um, I value the impact that I can have in the work that I do. Um, I value who I married and I, I would marry her again, my wife, Gigi, uh, Gigi Carter. Um, I also, this journaling, had me uh, reflect on what I've always struggled with, which is which is what I why I'm in this er why I'm in this area now, which would be how do you keep to to calm your mind? How do you um, uh, prevent um, or at least lessen um, 
seeking perfection versus um, you know um, seeking excellence. You know, seeking perfection can be debilitating, and and I I kind of live with that 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 problem of always seeking perfection versus seeking excellence. So, um, and that and that can lead to stress. Um, anxiety. I mean, that leads to all the kinds of things that can put you in the health um, situation that you can find yourself in. So that's what I valued as well. Meaning, I, I value is a weird word, but it, I said, you know, I, I'm valuing that these this answer has been in front of me, um, um, and now and I want to keep working, you know, work keep working on it. So that's another thing that I kind of said. So it's not, not that I don't have an answer for this, I just need to work on. I need to keep working on it. So yeah. Right. I can't imagine. I mean, what a powerful, this is, this is something we don't talk about at work is the reality of um, our mortality. The reality of part of the cycle of life is death and you experienced your heart stopping. My yeah. God, like, and then to come back from that. And I just, it's, it's really powerful to learn from and hear your reflections and what came up for you in mm -hmm. having that close, like near death experience. Well, I mean, are you actually like flatlined? So I don't. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know how you describe it as, as well. So it's somewhere in that ballpark. There, oh my god! So, but um, and now, how about yourself? I know that can. Whenever you say that, just you know, in any setting, it has a weight to it. But how about yourself? I mean, what are you? Um, what are you both um, working through right now? And, and how and how are you working through it? Um, I yeah, I'm working through burnout. I think I am socially saturated. I, I have a really solid community here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, my family's here. I've got close friends um, and two little kids. And we've just been going constantly in the summer time. So summer months in Minnesota are really hectic in the sense that folks are out and about and want to take advantage of the warm weather and that's all great. And then you get to late summer and um, it's just too much. Like, I think mm -hmm. that finding ease for me right now looks like saying no to things that actually are would be fun, mm -hmm. but that I'm just doing too much of that. And I think in another time in life, I used to overcorrect and do the more kind of responsible, productive things. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be serious and responsible and productive. And now I'm more on the side of life is short. I mean, life is long and life is short. And there are, I wanna create space for fun, but sometimes uh, I burn out. <laughs> and so, yeah, slowing down, you know, in yoga, I'm learning different ways of even just cool, like the energy of summer is fire. And so how can I bring in more cooling energy with you know, different kinds of foods or being near or in the water or the kinds of things I'm taking in my mind um, in terms of music or information, like what are, what have a, what has a cooling sensation and a cooling effect in my life to, to counteract such intense fire energy and burnout energy. And so a lot of that looks like saying no, a lot of that looks like, um, taking five minutes to stretch and breathe. Um, but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. Um, but I have a poem I want to read okay. in line with this. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like this is a timely 
I read it to our team uh, on our all staff call. And this is something for folks to know, like we do a weekly team meeting and before every meet, or at the beginning of every meeting, we have a motivational moment. This is one way that we organizationally embed ease and embed um, moment of a moment of just, yeah, thinking about the broader, our broader humanity and things that are motivating and inspiring us. And so, um, yeah, I'd love to read this poem. Demonstration. <laughs> um, and it's less of a poem and more of a, I suppose, more of a, like, is like wisdom. Um, this came from a community I'm part of, or used to be a part of, called the Wild Woman Project, which is all mm -hmm. about uh, for folk, women and non-binary folks and femme folks to sort of rewild ourselves because we've been socialized and taught to temper are wild, you know, to calm down, you know, to like relax, to be, to not ruffle any feathers. And so this is, this whole community and this whole project around rewilding is, was helpful for me. And this is a card that I pulled from a deck called Follow Your Own Rhythm. And so I think it relates. Deep within you, you are moved by an ancient powerful force that cannot be tamed. It's the rising pulse of your connection to the life force. You feel it in your bones, in your blood, in your heart, and in your belly. When there is something dying within you, you sense it falling away, no longer needed. You sense when it is time to rest and be patiently in transition. You feel the stirring of agitation and restlessness when new life calls you to create, to act, to step forward and take a risk. You know that you march to your own beat and that no one else can tell you what your inner rhythms are and that you must trust your own timing. You cannot be rushed or forced, nor can you be held back when it's time to burst forth. Life celebrates and supports the natural rise and fall of your inner rhythms. So you cannot miss what you are destined for, nor will you gain anything by trying to push yourself. Trust in the life cycles within, and you'll feel this balance between effort and surrender, discipline and letting go. When it's time for the rhythm of rest, you will feel a natural slowing within and be drawn into contemplation and in environments that are more gentle, spacious or nourishing and perhaps more peaceful. When the rhythm of play beats in your heart, you will reach out to others to connect, dance, converse, sing, make music, and share your wildness. You'll be drawn to uplifting groups and places where you can experience a positive energetic exchange. Your needs will be met in harmony with your own rhythms. All that you'll miss out on by trusting this is anxiety. What you will gain is peace. Mm -hmm. So um, there's more to this, but I just really like the way it uh, the way this wisdom invites me to like listen to my inner rhythm and slow down when I'm burning out or when I feel that um, energy and excitement to follow that. Um, but it's all about tuning in. Like you have to tune in to know what your inner rhythm is even saying. I mean, I do think it uh, it's really powerful and um, 
uh, I, I tend to be like a, I'm a tech guy. I, I like a lot of stuff. And so when, when I heard that there was like some, um, a whole bunch of things that I was trying, trying out. So if anybody wanted to try out some of these things, um, I'll share some of them, but I really connect with what you're saying. So when I think about rhythm, I always think about like, um, heart rate variability and, and, and whether that's Garmin and body battery, how's your body battery doing? How's your heart rate, um, heart rate variability doing, which essentially just the, you know, beat, you know, the time in between beats and, um, and, um, it can kind of get a sense of your, your wellness and your health. But if anybody was, uh, so here's a variety of devices that I tried that you may be curious about, like, again, this idea of rhythm and being, finding your rhythm. Uh, this one is called like leaf, if anybody's ever heard of it, but it looks like a leaf it, and it goes right, it goes on your, um, right above your heart. And what it will do, it, it will uh, measure your heart rate variability. And when it is beginning to be out of sync, it'll vibrate. And it will then tell you, it's your signal to sort of, as you mentioned, pause, relax, maybe deep breathe. Maybe if you're on a video call, maybe cut on your, cut off your camera and do some deep breathing. I really liked it. I, what I didn't really necessarily like for the cost, I wish there was more um, reports to it. Um, and so, but it's, but I really love this idea that it was always on and you got a sense of it. So if you're ever curious about that and folks want to look at it, um, it's a really powerful one. Um, another one, again, all these ones that you're saying uh, around rhythm, I don't know if anybody's familiar with sort of the uh, heart math and, and, and the one that you put on your ear. So like here, you kind of put something right on one ear and this just clips it. But again, you can, it will track your heart rate variability and here it'll tell you, get a sense of whether you're in coherence or not. I tend to do this every morning. This would be my um, second favorite. So I'll, tell, I'll kind of tell you my favorite. This one's probably more accessible in terms of cost. That first one I mentioned, Leaf, can be pretty expensive, although I really liked it. This one I do every morning for five or 10 minutes. The really um, one I try to meditate and really try to get the coherence there. Um, and so again, I think that I've got like the old version. There's a new one out that you might like. My can you, one, can you say the name of the second one again, please? It's uh, hard math. Um, and um, heart math, yeah, yeah. So heart math that you can grab. Now, this one it's got a lot of advertisements. Um, it is um, goes on your forehead here, and uh, let's see here. So it's like this band and it goes on your forehead and it will measure your brain waves. Um, I do, I, and you meditate with it as well. And it will tell you your state of calm. Now, the interesting thing here was there was one day where I was working on some presentation and I was really, really, I was just really hyped. Um, but I just wanted to test out the tool a little bit. So my, my wife is, a uh, you know, uh, almost a professional racer. And so I had her do it. Her calm, she did the, her, she did like five minute meditation. Her calm score was like 81. I did mine. It was 31. Uh, so for me, it was just the, just the proof of where I was at that point as I got ready for that. But then of course, information is golden. So you can kind of pause and then do your, you know, get yourself back to where you need to be. 
So there are uh, just a lot of tools out there. I mentioned the journaling. There's a great book out there called uh, Practicing Mindfulness, um, 75 Essential Meditations that people can use. All these things um, I think are so important now as given the work that we do and, and the different things, whether it's burnout or whether it's something physically that, that happens to you, like in my case, your, greet, your ability to um, help yourself find pause and ease and relax is so important. Again, whether it's a book, a journal, or one of these tools, um, it's, they're all worth trying. Wow, I love the story. I was going to ask you to share a story about any of these tools that relate. Um, and that Gigi's score was one and yours was 30. Yeah, you know, I, I said, I'm going to see if this is really something different. And she just sat there and she she said she really attempted to meditate. And she had, she had just finished working out. And then so she would obviously have that just a natural kind of relaxed state. Um, and then she did. And I was like, wow, let me see where I am. I was like, wow. Um, and, uh, and and I it's um I I enjoy doing it. it's something I do every morning with the idea of what's my calm score um, just in terms of the heart rate variability I'll look at what's my coherent score. Yeah, this is very interesting. You're, so these are and and so the way your mind works, Kevin, in in our day to day work together <laughs> too is on the strategy side of things. So yes, exactly. fascinating that you there you found a way where you can actually score the physiology of calm. Like you can score yeah. the physiology of, you use the word coherence, like, and so what are some strategies, like, let's say, because I think there are some folks, myself included, who might be kind of hard on myself, like, oh my God, my calm score is awful. My coherence rate, rate is, hmm. you know, so now I'm now I'm just stressed out even more. How do you, what does your self-compassion practice look like and how do you respond to data points that are not so favorable when it comes yeah. to that? I mean, what, what's, what's really powerful about the physiology of inclusion would, would say, okay, um, let's say in the, um, we would say the mental, you, you got that low comp score. Um, now let's go to the enabling part and that, and that connects to sort of the, the spiritual um, and the social and, and so part of that is what's your capacity to lean on others? Um, what's your capacity to be vulnerable? Um, what's your network look like? Um, do you feel like you're connected to something that's greater than yourself? Meaning, I don't think you can um, breathe your way or meditate your way only through a state of calmness. It, it would be Am I connected to something that's greater than me that allows me to give me some peace and ease? Do I actually have a network of people that I can be myself with, um, that I can laugh with, I can have joy, joy with, you know? And so that's where we talk about physiology inclusion. There's some things that are the foundational, but these enabling ones are, again, you can't, I don't think you can breathe your way through a state of calmness only. It is some of these other things. And, and so, um, and I know for you, it's like, um, this, you know, can I take that walk, but also, Hey, can I connect with someone? Can I connect with some purpose? Um, because maybe that is why my mind is at, is at unease mm -hmm. because I don't have that network. Um, because I, 
um, cannot connect to a higher purpose. And, and why might that be? What was I meant to do here? Uh, what unique gifts do I have here? There's a really powerful um, exercise I do with people. Um, um, it's through um, knowing your gifts and really helping you arrive at what your gifts are and, and what's the environment that you'd like to use them in. Sometimes that is what starts to give you some ease. You know, I, I, I am aware of the gifts that I bring and I found a way to, um, uh, to utilize them to benefit for, for people, for myself and for others. Yeah, this is so powerful. You know, what's coming to mind is for you and I, you know, I think we are, we're lucky in the sense that we love our work. It's challenging, but also, I, you know, I feel that I am in a work environment that generally has my best interest in mind. I, you know, I'm not experiencing microaggressions or much of, you know, different ways of being mm -hmm. oppressed in my work situation. What would you say to those folks who are listening right now who are in toxic work environments? Maybe they have a supervisor who's where they're experiencing microaggressions. Maybe they're being micromanaged. Maybe there's a lot, you know, that's really depleting them at work. What mm -hmm. do you recommend to those folks when it comes to like taking stock of these areas of um, physiology of inclusion and what's, what's something they can do that's easier here and now to find ease. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think there's some things that are um, within your control, probably, you, you know, in terms of maybe what you eat, um, your exercising, your breathing, um, you understanding what gifts you bring. There's probably some things that may be out of your control, meaning, yeah, I'm in a toxic um, environment at work, and but for some reason, I, I have to stay in this job. Um, yeah. and I'm not able to leave this job, um, then you can start to think, is there a way for me to establish some degree of boundaries? Um, sometimes we're in jobs where we don't even feel like we can establish, we can establish boundaries for ourselves. Um, sometimes, you know, um, if you're able to get out of that situation, you want to get out of it. Um, I think for me, it's always having, um, trying to look at the situation as objectively as possible as to say, What's within my control? What's not within my control? And what's within my control? Am I actually working on that? Um, and as I work on that, I may feel better about myself. I may see other opportunities for me. Um, I may gather that strength to totally get out of what is a toxic situation if I find myself to be in one. Um, I think sometimes also we may find ourselves in toxic relationships and it's how, or in a situation, and it's not all the time, but sometimes it is, we don't know that people are struggling as much as we are. And, and if we can find a way to enlighten them around the impact that their behavior is having on, on say me and the culture around them, they would change, but they are unaware. That's, that, that's not all the time, but you always want to say to yourself, is that a possibility here? Um, but those would be kind of the situations is really handle what, what's within your control, uh, what's not within your control, figure out a way over time. How do I get, how do I get out of this situation? Yeah. But it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we talk about that in our work a lot too, with clients, um, and your kind of sphere of influence, what you can, 
the, the ways that you hold power that might not be positional power, for instance, if you, you know, are able to find ways to, you know, influence the groups that you're working within or, you know, do, do some good in your work. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. Have you, so I want to know, like with these different tools, have there been moments for you, you mentioned like turning off your camera or getting, putting a presentation together. Have there been other moments at work where these have provided information for you to make a different choice? And let's say someone's lacking, a like maybe someone doesn't have the tool, but they can tell that their heart is beating really fast or that their mind is racing. Like what, what are some tangible things people can do in the moment, in the moment? Yeah, I think people are getting better about cutting off their camera when they <laughs> when they feel that they need to and doing some um, some deep breathing or just or just cutting off the camera to stay stay off uh, focus. Um, I I am I I if you again you have to pick your spots, but I'm a big person. I'm a big um, advocate of also finding ways to speak your truth. Mm. You and and we I talked about that. When we did the. Um, our, our, our practice, our guided practices, but spe and speak your truth means, you know, say what's going on for you. That doesn't mean you have to say it in a, a spiteful, mean way, but you can, you can speak your truth with discernment. You can speak it for love for yourself and for others, but sometimes just being able to speak your truth. Here's where, here's where I am right now. And here's what's happening with me. And here's my reaction to what's going on. There's a, there's a way to say that, um, that can be received well. By at least by individuals that want to receive um, that information well. So, yeah. and you know I think we have done some of that at, at different meetings. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, you know, Kevin, you're someone who can receive it. Like, so, mm -hmm. because so many of us are, have had bad experiences with speaking mm -hmm. our truth at, at work, especially where it's like, well, that's too much, or we need to shut that down, or especially when there's, you know, dynamics at play where the dominant culture is upheld and okay we just need to keep have peace over conflict um peace over truth mm -hmm. and so uh you know you have to sort of dabble and experiment with who can mm -hmm. receive it too because it isn't safe with everyone to just speak your truth but i feel like you do this really well like we kevin and i you know we're working on a project together with a client and sometimes i'm like kevin i don't know i don't know like <laughs> i need us to slow down or i need more information or i think i'm gonna say we're gonna be done with this part of the thing and um i just feel such respect and alignment in the way we communicate even if something isn't clear sometimes like i feel like you you know if if we're someone who can put up boundaries, we also need to be able to receive boundaries, right? Like if someone says no, or we need to slow down or whatever, there is another skill set of building capacity to say, cool, I'm with you and I hear you. And I feel like you do that really beautifully too. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, we, again, we go back to our guided practice there, you know, before speak your truth was listening deeply. Uh, and that was to listen deeply means you've got to put your personal agenda aside. Um, and obviously, and then before um, listen deeply is the tune to emergence, which is I'm willing to be changed by others. I mean, and so, so if, if you're, if you're willing to be changed by others, then that moves you into um, listening deeply. Well, wow. 
Okay, those two go hand in hand. And and I would say, you know what, if you're willing to be changed, uh, changed by others, and you're listening deeply, I, I, I don't want to phrase it as you earn the right to speak your truth. But, but literally, you're probably um, um, speaking a truth that's not purely subjective. It does have some insights to it. Why? Because it just hasn't been, here's just what I'm thinking, without even listening to you, without even being willing to be changed or influenced. Um, um, because again, if we think about that guided practice, am I pausing? You know, am I relaxed? Am I open? Now am I attuned to emergence? Am I listening? You, probably by the time you get to speak your truth, it, it, it had it, you've gone through a screen a little bit um, and a little bit less subjective and and about me uh, than it is uh, about sort of you know me in the situation with a little bit more empathy, uh, a little bit more love, a little bit more compassion, a little bit more relationship. Absolutely. What I hear in that is is reciprocity. I what what comes to mind for me is it's reciprocal. Yeah. Where we and we're practicing day to day, moment to moment. We're, we'll fumble around with these different you know ways of showing up and asking for what we need. And there's there's value in demonstrating that deep listening and attunement to emergence. Is that what you said in the practice? Yeah, attunement yeah, attune to emergence. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. Because emergent, like right, emergent, uh, the the word emergence is all about letting something unfold organically. Is that right? Yes. Like, yep, yep. Letting, how, it, letting it come to be. Yes. Allowing yourself to be adaptable, be flexible, um, to come to be something different in connection with somebody else, and and again, that's two steps before you speak your truth. Because that's just because that allows you to listen, and and now at that point, my I, whatever you know what comes out of you, I, I think just is going to be a richness. It's going to be a a, um, a depth to it, a soul to it, versus just a reaction. You know, sometimes we think speak our truth is, hey, this just happened to me. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Well, you know, that's that's not what we're talking about here. Um, it's a little bit more reflection um, before that. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... I think that, and then that sets a foundation for, you know, continuing to build skills in listening to yourself, yeah, attuning to your own pain. And then instead of just reacting out of pure pain or rage, there's been some quieting of the mind. There's been yeah. some self-compassion. There could be shedding tears. There could be like processing in therapy. There's so many modalities and ways to come to more clarity to then get to the point of speaking your truth, asking for what you need. Mm -hmm. um, and there've been many times I've needed to do that kind of work. And, and it's true that it's more effective. It has been more effective when I've had the chance to process and feel what I'm feeling and then speak my truth as opposed to like obliterating, <laughs> like, yeah, um, a conversation. Yeah. Any other challenges for you or resources you think would be helpful for people? As no, well? I think those would be the, the ones that I, you know, I have enjoyed the, the series. Um, um, hoping we'll find a way to continue this dialogue. Uh, yeah, I know we'll get some information out to people, but this has been a pleasure. This summer of ease um, ha has been a pleasure to just um, connect with you and, and, and kind of just learn from you and, and share um, with our audience.
Likewise, so much. Um, I've loved this. And uh, yeah, so like Kevin mentioned, it will have these resources that we talked about in the episode in the show notes. Um, and it'll be linked as one of our inclusion solution blog posts. And so we'll have much more than what we discussed today in that post. Because um, we really want you all to come away from this series with some tangible ideas and things to start putting into practice. Um, Kevin, I have one more thing I want to ask you is, mm -hmm. it's so easy to have all these tools and be inundated with like, here's another training, here's another book, here's another recording. But what is your personal motivation for like actually doing the thing you know you need to do when you don't feel like doing it? I know I, I, um, I hate to take the easy way out, but in my case, it's almost scared straight. I, um, I mean, some of the things that I do, I, I, I do to stay on this planet as well as to do our work. So I always go back and say to myself, hey, well, Kevin, you know what? Do you want to find yourself uh, back in, um, in, in an operating room? Um, and if not, these are the kinds of things you need to um, take, take care of. I, I think also I can remember maybe experiences with clients where things didn't go as well as they could have because you don't set the right atmosphere. And, and so I sometimes will reflect on, wow, reflect on when things didn't go well, reflect on when things did go really well, when you lean into this work. And, um, and if you're feeling really good right now, um, health-wise, know that that's earned by doing the work. And so, you know, continue to do the work. How about for yourself? What motivates you to keep keep pushing? Oh, um, I love what you shared. Thank you. I think for me, it's I if I get to a place of like perfectionism or oh, I need to do all these things in the right way and do them perfectly, I get stuck and I I don't actually get up and do the thing I need to do. Mm -hmm. So recently, a teacher of mine who I follow and have the privilege to study with uh, this mm -hmm. next week. Um, Angel Kyoto Williams uh, talks about this concept of return, just return, like as you are, come back to your practice for whatever it is that you know gets you to a place of liberation, ease, joy, truth, right, um, is return. So I wrote down on my whiteboard uh, this word return and then this other phrase, it can wait. Because mm -hmm. such a sense of urgency in the work we do, and and we've got lots of things going on at once, usually in our work, and so just this phrase, it can wait. And then I wrote, twenty minutes of movement equals freedom," and I put mm -hmm. little hearts around it. And so just for me to be able to get up, like get away from my desk, this is the kind of work we do. You know, we're at our screens, we're doing a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, thinking, reading, writing, ideating in meetings. So I have to physically pull myself away and remember. I can return to my yoga mat. I can return to a walk outside. I can return to my children and I can snuggle them and, um, you know, be re-energized. So that's the big one is like, it doesn't have to be an hour long. Like I used to do this thing. It's like, okay, my se my setting has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I have to clean my room. I have to light candles and there has to be no clutter and no children around, you know, um, but mm -hmm this idea of returning as you are to the thing that gives you freedom uh, feels really good to me. So that's my motivation these days. Good, all right, appreciate it. 
Great. Well, thanks, Kevin. And thanks to our listeners. We want to express gratitude to you all for tuning in and being a part of this journey. And we hope that this was helpful, that it was illuminating, um, that the guided practices, you know, provided some support and ease. And please come back to them, share them with your, your colleagues, friends and family. So this is, our, this is the last episode of our summer mini-series, The Physiology of Inclusion, Finding Ease. Uh, however, we're going to be uh, sharing much more when it comes to this topic with you all uh, in the coming months and years, and we're excited to con continue being on the journey. So until next time, find your ease and center justice.